<laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. I, I, I think I could get into that, actually. The documentary or the cult? All of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> um... Welcome back, folks, to Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm your host, Anthony Tyler, and um, it's been a minute since I've gotten back in here. But that's actually the thing is, it's been, this is like the fifth round that I've tried to record <laughs> this episode. Yeah, um, it's been, uh, and a lot of that was because of a move that I had on top of a lot of commuting, like, you know, in between moving processes, there's longer drive times and more to choreograph. And then... I start trying to record in different recording spaces and that theoretically would be fine, but then there becomes issues that you can't account for, which I knew going into it, you kind of cross your fingers if you're like recording blind I'll in go, a new I'll space. I'll go ahead and, and take the blame for that last one. That was purely my stupidity on that one. I, I failed to make sure that uh, everything was up and running before we hit the record button. Yeah, I fucked that up. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It's all right, but especially the the other times um like the other three times it was all oh, i had nothing to do with it. yeah it was all really uh just a series of unfortunate events something would corrupt uh, the file or um lemony snicket yeah yeah pretty Black much so this is uh this is the cursed episode the forbidden episode mm -hmm. um and i'm sitting here with my friend justin otto of dharma junkie podcast what up? and um some other things as well that we'll be talking about shortly uh just has been facilitating some uh meditation groups and uh uh expanding on buddhist insights and things and uh you can find some of those on his dharma junkie podcast um channels you know wherever you get your podcasts and stuff so we'll talk about that a little bit but evidently i've been cursed because um <laughs> every time uh, i try to do this episode i will um uh in one way or another bring up this old pagan witch that harassed me at a bookstore in new orleans and you know things have been going pretty well in my life so and yet like i say this mostly tongue-in-cheek but at this point it seems like she might have hexed me whenever i curt like i i uh i i think I, it I seems piss that, on her name it seems that way yeah it really so. does and i even joked with you about it last night and i didn't really even think about that story at the time but i was like did you bring something back with you from new world yeah and you, and you may have yeah, yeah so i think it's funny that you call her a witch today and the last time we tried to record this um you you referred to her as a hag yeah well straight up i don't i try to be at least a little civil um and i was uh which do you think is worse um a hag, just because that actually sounds like a monster. Yeah, well, yeah, it has like a negative connotation to it. Whereas a witch, you know, there's. Well, I'm not going to talk shit about witches. Let me just be honest. I um, I, like I was going to call her a bitch. I'm a motherfucker. I was going to call her. A and um, and then I was like, well, let me keep it PG. And then the first word that came to mind was hag, and I was in my mind, I was like, well, that isn't really any better. So uh, I might as well just yeah. But honestly, I mean, probably. You know what? So, well, we're going to break the spell today. Nothing lasts forever. So, um, so that, I had fun times with that, um, that, that crazy old bitch. Um, that kind lady yeah, at that, that bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so in New Orleans, uh, Justin, last time we talked, um, in a podcast, uh, I was, we were talking about New Orleans and how I hadn't been yet. Right, and right. since I have been, I went for my birthday, uh, February 22nd. 
2022. So that was pretty sweet. So now you all know when his birthday is and you can get him something nice. Yeah. Yeah. But a bunch of twos in there. So I was pretty, pretty jazzed about that. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. So, um, some cool things. I went to the museum of death and whatnot. Um, very interesting stuff there. Uh, but I also, I went into this occult bookstore and sometimes I like to talk to people about, I like to say like, Hey, I'm also interested in this stuff. And, you know, I say, I tell them I'm a writer if I care to talk research with them. Cause, um, just so they know on some level that I've, uh, invested some time into it. And, but this lady, so I just want to ask her some questions cause it seems like an interesting store. And there wasn't anybody in there. So it was, we were just kind of like kicking it right. for a minute. And, uh, and she immediately cuts into me cause I'm young and I got my girlfriend with me. So I seem just like some tourist uh, and I am right. And, uh, and so she's immediately like, how dare you come to me and try to get books in my store? Like you're some sort of savant. Um, and like you just read a couple books and now you think you can write your own. So who published your book? I said, well, I, you know, I self-published it. She said, oh, of course you did. And, uh, and, uh, and she said, uh, who's peer reviewed your book? And I was, well, actually, you know, I have, um, um, researchers and, you know, show hosts and there's, uh, there's a lot, I do have reviews of it, you know, and, um, um, she's like, you know, I can't remember all of it, but she, she's like, you are nothing and I, am trying to make a better magician here. I am a keeper of the sacred ancient mysteries. And I said, bullshit. Um, and she was no, like, there's no ego attached to that statement. No, not at all. Not at all. And like I told you before, uh, before it didn't record, um, uh, saying that you are currently a member of the ancient mysteries is like saying that you're a member of the Republican party in the 19th century. Mm. It just doesn't jive. It does like it, the the structure and the logic of the sentence that's not it doesn't work like that you it, so even if you are deeply inspired by the mysteries like you know it, it and and it all just reminds me of teal swan which is something that you and i have been talking about a little bit because this documentary came out and so this this lady at the end of it i told she was like so you just came in here trying to put books on your shelf like you're some hot shit and i was like i wasn't trying to sell you any of my books i just wanted to have a conversation with you, a brief one. So I was kind of curious, like how a person opens a storefront like this in new Orleans, right. you know, and you could have yeah. given me any hack answer you wanted to. And I would have just left, but you had to make this whole stage and I'm just laughing at her the whole time. I'm definitely, uh, put aback. I wasn't expecting it, but yeah. you know, I'm not getting all I boiled mean, up. You, or you probably should have expected that in new Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, this was literally the first shop I went into. So I was just warming up, man. It oh, might have wow. been the second oh, one. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, and I've done this in many other places. I've traveled a bit. And usually, you know, even if someone writes me off, that's their prerogative. They can just laugh and be like, oh, yeah. like, oh thanks, kid. Like, yeah. I appreciate it. You know, give me like a proverbial noogie and I'll be on my way. And sometimes that happens. Is sometimes people really appreciate it and I have great conversations. But, um, yeah, this lady was not having it. So... She was like, oh, you just wanted to, um, you didn't want to sell your books to me, huh? And I said, no, no, I just want to have a conversation. And that actually stopped her for a little bit. And if, if I was, uh, more of a hack myself, I would have been like, oh, you're, I thought you were psychic. But, uh, instead I just, I, uh, I cut a little further and I said, well, just have fun with your new age cult leader bullshit peddling. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, I'm um, sure that went over like. Yeah, and and she literally was one of those scenes out of a movie where she's leaning out the window of her store with her fist raised, being like, "You 
bastard. Damn I'm, kids. Yeah, you damn kid. Um, you have no idea who I am. Um, I don't even think she said that, but it was something to the effect of like, what did she say? She was like, you have no idea what new age and occultism is. Like, she says, yeah. I'm going to put a curse on you, bitch, and you're going to take it back home with it and, and nothing's going to work. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, whoops. Whoops. Whoopsie. Whoops. Maybe, maybe she, maybe she is one of the ancient initiates. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe you, uh, fuck, maybe, not a maybe you fucked around and found out. <laughs> not even a chance. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I'm not going to give her that kind of. No, but hey, in all fairness, I do think that I don't think it's as easy as, you know, it's definitely not Harry Potter casting spells and hexes. I think you could probably rub off some bad energy on somebody, though. And um, yeah, you know, you might have to take a take a bath. You might have to cleanse yourself a little bit, yeah, you know, you know but. That's kind of how it goes. Like, you just have a bad feeling um, walking into a room or talking with someone that puts you in a pissy mood. Like, you kind of just got to go uh, air out. Yeah. And it's kind of the same principle. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I always say, like, a hex in a in one way. Like, because it was funny. My girlfriend was actually like, she was a witch. Like, what if she tries to hex you? She said that, too. And, um, and I was like, if anything... What I would say that the actual reality of something like a hex is, is the fact that we're talking about it after it happened. Right. Like you know, the fact that it made an impression. It, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was, I was, if anything, I was incepted by that woman. Right. Well, you know what the Buddha said. He said, what you uh, frequently think and ponder upon becomes the inclination of the mind. Right. Uh, right. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So inevitably. So you start seeing that kind of shit show up, you know. So I wouldn't have even brought it up again, but. My girlfriend is like, oh, that witch, what if she hexed you? And then Justin's like, oh, that is, so now it's just, you know, uh, fuck. So yeah, here we witch are. Witch got your ass. Yeah. Thanks, lady. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Leave me alone. No. Um, so yeah. Teal Swan. Um, mm. First off, Justin, um, well, I mean, we've already done so much legwork talking about this crazy lady. Let's talk about another crazy lady. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Buddhism. We can talk about all kinds of crazy ladies and crazy Buddhas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got um, – uh, with Justin, there's never a shortage of insane things to talk about. That's but, for sure. So this, Neil to uh, this new Teal Swan documentary, mm. it's The Deep End. Right. And I'll probably talk about it uh, to some, in some further extent at some point. I'm almost finished with it, this four-parter, and it's batshit crazy. Mm. Um, and it – I had a moment today watching some of it where I feel like not fully but on some level I've – answered experientially some questions I have as to like the difference between someone who knows they're a snake oil salesman and someone who has fallen for their own spell and be and believes their own bullshit. Right. Right. Um, and cause it's always like a case by case thing with a cult leader. Yeah. And there's oftentimes probably a little bit of both in there, um, but let's okay. First of all, let's, let's get a working definition for a cult leader. Right. Um, because yeah. there's lots of spiritual leaders. Right. And then there's cult leaders. So, like, what do you define as a cult leader? Like, we know, let's get a good working definition so we know what we're talking about and we're not slandering anyone who doesn't warrant slander. Well, I mean, hell, we could spend a whole episode just defining that. But, um, I mean, like, what's your hard line? Let's, it, let's just say that. Like, what's your hard line for a cult leader? It boils down to, um, the separation of family, you know, you have no ties to the outside world. Um, you're dedicated to a cause within the cult. 
uh, within the community that like sets you apart from the community even uh-huh. further. And um, you have no recourse, whether that be like, you, you know, and sometimes you literally sign your rights away. Sometimes you're excommunicated um, from the entire cult, which oftentimes, you know, includes your family. Um, yeah. And anywhere that takes your passport, <laughs> probably a place to avoid. Right, yeah, right, yeah. So there's some hard lines there. And like once they're doing these things, this is a thing that you can find time and time again in cults. And you see it in iterations with Teal Swan's group. Huh. Um, uh, because like the outer limit, she does like the whole Tony Robbins circuit. You know what I mean? Like the people who attend her lectures, even if they're misguided, they're not in a cult infrastructure. Right. They're still leaving and going back and they're just checking out YouTube videos, right. which is I would not recommend that, especially not at this point. But her inner circle, which is still large, right. is the cult thing. And um, <laughs> so anyway, the cult, um, they many of them do this, as I was saying, they they shoehorn in this explanation for torture and even like ritual abuse um, mm. as a way to process like burn through your karma faster so that you can ascend quicker and they use different terms for it that was uh there was uh the japanese slightly like buddhist like anime inspired cult on shinrikyo in japan was one of those teal swan kind of does that you find that in little inklings and damn near almost any cult um and that is um uh, one of the biggest red flags. If they're doing that, you don't need any more proof. Like walk out the door immediately. Hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, this is this is why you could do a whole episode on it because yeah, there, there, there's like a lot of Amish culture yeah. has a you know, and it can extend a lot into cultish territory. For example, the excommunication, the shunning, the the cut off. The only thing that uh, they have well, that's I going mean, for it's... them aside from a cult is the fact that it is family oriented. Well, I, it's it's religious based. It's it's right. Suffice you know, it to say, there is Mennonite culture or anything like that. Even so, it's going to naturally appear culty, you know. And what was cult mean? But just culture. So like, yeah. that's just the culture of their people. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that defines, um, I mean, there's clearly a Venn diagram between cult and religion, and there's a little mix of both in each of them. All religions have a little bit of a these these cult um leanings um and and that's not to say it's like the venn diagram is the 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 human sociology of it you know it's not to say that it's bad or good it's the fact that we all you know long for community and belonging and in many cases in religion that can be a positive thing but when that starts to skew it's a culty thing and a lot of times religions operate in that middle ground yeah so and vice versa so gets weird and um um that's why i appreciate buddhism so much that's one of the things closest to my heart i don't i uh what do you think about the dalai lama speaking of cult leaders i mean what what do you mean what i think about him do you think he really matters at all it's just pageantry like the queen well yeah i mean he's like the buddhist pope it doesn't you know like there's yeah, I mean he's a great guy, you know. Like, yeah, um, great like, guy. But I mean, for for, Probably, for a daily, for, I know. for a daily practice, like it's just he's just a figurehead, you know. Right. Just, okay. Cool. He's a total. I figured, but you know, yeah, right. we're definitely on the same page there. Because if I think if you and he doesn't, yeah, he is a figurehead, but he doesn't command 
Peter's not he's not like the fucking sergeant of Buddhism. <laughs> yeah, like uh Teal Swan has people sign these non negotiable contracts um when they are admitted into her inner circle. Oh no, all you gotta do to be a Buddhist is just uh take refuge. Just chant the refuges. Right. And that's all you gotta do. I right. Mean, you, you you were listening to that last night. Yeah, and you're and and you Dissent isn't really precepts. an issue. You have to take the precepts. Right. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. And uh, discourse is an open thing in Buddhism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. something like in a cult, obviously, um, even in certain strict dogmatic religions, they at least allow some dissent, uh, some counter food for thought, different things, um, even if they don't approach it in the most well, straightforward ways. I, th- I think that that happens a lot when you're talking about religions that have um, some sort of a, a god at the head of it. You know what I'm saying? When you have some sort of theistic religion, whether it be polytheistic or monotheistic, either way, you're going to get that because then it becomes a belief system and not like just a thing that you do. Like Buddhism isn't, I, I would say it's unfortunate that it got put in the religion box because right. it's not really a religion. It's, it's a, a clever way to live your life. It's almost like stoicism. Yeah. Or, or something. It would, it would fit better in the psychology box. Um, yeah, the I'm, Buddha was just really just a radical psychologist. He really just kind of picked apart the human mind and figured it out. Yeah. That's what it is. The only truly spiritual, or like generally at least, um, just like straight up spiritual metaphysical part of Buddhism is the reincarnation premise. And, I mean, and that, know, that is understandable from I mean, a psychological no, there, point of view, too. There's all kinds of, you know, Jung and there's stuff. all kinds of funny stuff in Buddhism when you get into some of the deeper texts. But like, as far as like the type of Buddhism that, that I am a practitioner of, which is Theravada, um, that's like the oldest, poly, like, it, we go straight from the Pali Canon. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like, it's just the oldest, like, it's pretty much the teachings of the Buddha. You know what I'm saying? The, the direct suttas that were attributed to him. Whereas when you get into some of the later Mahayana, Vajrayana, um, and that kind of stuff, you know, you start getting into the more metaphysical stuff and more and more of the uh, esoteric kind of Buddhists. There's a lot of esoteric Buddhism out there. Yeah. Um, well, um, and something, you know, that also defines a cult further and the obvious separation from something like buddhism and even religion is so i found this really striking in this uh this teal swan documentary here where so she was she has this whole backstory that is preposterous about how she was uh initiated um into a satanic cult and Mm. became a young and up uh, up and coming satanic priestess um and there was like a ring, you know, there's a whole cult group that were, were her abusers and her family was a part of it and they deny it right. and on and on. Um, and she's like the, the craziest story I remember, she has a claim of for a ritual being sewn up alive into a dead human body. Oh, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just That's so fun. Anatomically so fun. impossible. It, it's not on possible. every level. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, and she's got a lot of bits in her story like that where it's... Oh, is it like with, with inside, inside the inside yeah. the body? Yeah. Like, not just the skin, like, you're not just wearing, like, a skin suit? No, it was, like, up in the corpse. Oh, yeah. like, yeah, like Star Wars. Yeah, like Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Um, Gross. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they took out of it. They probably tried to do I mean, something, even in this hypothetical scenario, I mean, are you doing but there's that no... A, are you doing that as an adult or as a child? Like, she are was, you like, like, a teenager. It's still impossible. Uh, I mean, it depends on how big she was when she was a teenager. 
No, no. <laughs> it's oh man, I gotta see. I guess maybe if you got like Andre the it, Giant, it'd have to be like a. I mean, like he wasn't even that fat though. It'd have to be like a giant, like Gilbert Grape's mom, fat person. And yeah, probably, maybe. Yeah, and then yeah, um, I'm getting uh, uh, my hu- sense of humor is getting really dark. I'm gonna cut it there. <laughs> I was just thinking like, would you you just have to use a melon baller? We're like, oh my oh, god, no, that's, that's, that's too deep. That's too deep. That's too much. That's too much. I mean, I probably should have gone where I went. I know we'll probably have to cut that out. No, no, keep it, keep it. Um, it's good stuff. Um. <laughs> anyway, anyway, mean, I don't mean any of this. Yeah. Um, so uh, these things just don't line up. And she was also, she had these memories resurface, um, working with, um, an infamous and like basically ostracized at this point, psychiatrist Mm. who was known for putting a lot of hype into the satanic panic because she's like, same thing as one of these UFO hypnotherapists where they make the premise of their therapy, all of their therapy. It starts, there's no investigation. It starts with the supposition so that you were satanically abused. Yeah. yeah. And the UFOs, they start with the supposition that you were abducted or contacted by aliens. And that's not to say that hypnosis, this is actually going to be the next episode I do is really breaking down some of the mechanics of magic like like what the difference what we can throw to the wayside is superstition and misunderstanding and what the some of the reality of magic is with hypnosis and oh, and meditative states some, uh, some good hypnotists yeah right i've got a i've got a handful in my uh in my uh my rolodex so to speak i bet you do yeah yeah you know some interesting people yeah um but um yeah so that's that uh we'll talk about that and uh because there's a lot to be said about that and um but there's so much fluff surrounding it as well and um teal swan she basically just picked up where her therapist left off i can't remember the name but she's very prominent she wrote a book that was also ostracized Mm. because it was quintessential to the satanic panic hysteria and hey you can look in some just the like seven last episodes i've done i know that there's some weird dark cultish stuff out there uh but it we can't say that um we can't jump to any conclusion like satanic panic is a very real hysterical thing right and it's very unfortunate yeah. um uh, your podcast is so sinister yes it is <laughs> yeah it absolutely is so sinister i love it um so this uh so Teal Swan is basically everyone, damn near everyone in her inner circle. I don't know the numbers, but it's way too many of them have all been sexually abused by groups that their families are a part of. Um, so, and what it boils so like incestuous gangbangs. Yeah, with like usually Satanism involved. Well, I mean, you don't have incestuous gangbangs without Satanism. I don't know. Maybe some. Maybe some do it for Jesus. It's like a. It's like an ice cream float without the root <laughs> beer, brother. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but um, and and this really sad part is, I'm sure a lot of these people, at least some of them, were abused in some ways. You're laughing over here, guy, because it's unrelated. It's just so funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, no, fucking, what the the thing you said before about the root beer float was no, the funny part. Yeah, no, this, yeah, no, this is genuinely very no, Yeah, no, no, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, I was still writing on exactly. my own stupid joke. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so, 
Um, they probably were abused, at least on some levels. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if, in order for you to give yourself fully to any kind of organization like that, you had to have undergone some sort of um, maybe a, some sort you have some sort of attachment issues, maybe like insecure attachment, you know, abandonment issues. You also have probably some sort of trauma in the past, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I would almost, you know, guarantee that, yeah, I, that's what I think that's what draws people to shit like that is trauma. Like, it's like in the, the beginning of the, uh, Eightfold Path by Bhikkhu Bodhi. He says, you know, most people don't come to a spiritual path because like everything's going well. Right. Like you come to a spiritual path out of suffering. And that is very true. That's why, um, people like Aleister Crowley, um, are so disingenuous to me because the whole point, even like L. Ron Hubbard, the whole idea is flaunting power. And if you're being honest, the, the fact that you're interested in metaphysics or magic or mysticism, because they're all under the same umbrella, just slightly different outlooks, um, is because you are looking to fix something. You're broken on some level and you're looking to heal. Um, and to me, it all seems very on the nose. I live my life. I, I know that for a fact about myself. And I've seen a lot of healing and growth from it. But it will, in even when I'm in a good place, the fact that I'm interested in this stuff will always stem from a fact that I was so uncomfortable at one point. Yeah. You know, so when people just pretend to be otherwise, it's even more disingenuous. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's obvious. It's obvious. It's very it's obvious. So when, people, when people aren't being genuine, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. 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 And then, um, so there was this, uh, there was this one lady in there who probably was abused on, uh, by someone. Mm. Um, and, it doesn't sound like it was, uh, her family. Um, you know, definitely not her parents, um, because she went into some detail and, and then she basically said, yeah, I did have some memories before seeing Teal. But then when I went to see Teal, um, uh, she uncovered all these memories about how the first time, uh, or at least one of the first times that my father punished me, uh, he took me into the back room and abused me. And, um, and, and then it, it expounded into this whole family thing where the family, like the extended family was involved and they would do these rituals with like burning a, a bed and making the children like sit in it briefly or roll in it briefly. And like, and everyone in Teal's inner circle has a weird story like this to some degree or another, it seems. Yeah, and that, that sounds suspicious. So suspicious. And these people, and then it gets much that's worse. That's a pretty crazy fucking story. Yeah. If we're being honest. Oh, yeah. And oh, then like, yeah. oh, wait, that happened to you too? Yeah. Yeah. And she's, none of these people remember any of this, mind you. She's recovering it through hypnosis. But it, what it really is, is obviously it's hypnotic suggestion. She's, right. she's tapping into trauma and expounding upon it. She's incepting the fuck out of them <laughs> with the fertile soil of trauma. Yeah. And, um, so these, so That's this fucking terrible, what dude, a terrible fucking person. I know, I know. And so this story with this specific person gets even worse, this lady, because she is one of Teal's like consorts now. Like she helps her out a lot. And, um, um, this lady, her parents got worried about her. So they were checking in with her a bunch, uh, unresponsive. So they called the police. Mm. They just said, we want to see our daughter so we can have an agreement on what's going on here. And when her daughter met with them, she confronted them on the abuse on the whole family group thing. And the parents were like, 
we don't know what you're talking about. This lady is feeding you lies. And that was the last time she ever heard from her family again. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and when this is happening with everyone surrounding you, including yourself, allegedly as the cult leaders, mm. what is going, you either pretty much are left with the idea that it's synchronicity and we're all drawn together like the spiritual Avengers mm. or this is bullshit. Right. And it's definitely bullshit, especially when you look at the non-negotiable contracts where, um, Look, anytime you got to sign a contract. Yeah, they basically, everything is to do with committing to the mission of Teal Swan's agenda. And you have to sacrifice everything for her. It says in the contracts, Teal comes first. Uh, and, and that's the thing. And then it stipulates how everything else, including your family, comes second. Teal so, Swan's like a bad fucking kung fu villain name. It is, yeah. It, or like maybe like I can imagine her as like Steven Seagal's stepbrother. Right. Teal Swan. Right. He's got a ponytail and a, a double chin. Well, I mean, same and thing. He used to know Kung Fu. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. We're, we're basically we're speaking. We the same literally language. are. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right, actually. Um, so. But yeah, everybody's looking for something, man. You know, the, because they can't find it in the world. You know, it's, a, it's like we were talking about. Um, you know, nothing in the world is made to last. So. And the only kind of lasting happiness, you know, comes from within, from the spiritual practice. So I, I think that's why people lean in. Like, I think when bad shit happens in your life, you either push away from spirituality or you lean into it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and so, like, hey, if someone every once in a while, hell, more than that, people do have toxic families. Oh, yeah. So um, just using this uh, one lady in the documentary as an, uh, an example to expand on here. Um, it's not just that on top of it. So she doesn't write out that you can't, that you are isolated from your family in the contract, but mm -hmm. everything, uh, is you have to put teal first in every aspect of your life and you cannot associate with, well, it's the same thing as Scientology. You can't associate with the, the toxic people, whatever the hell they call them. Mm -hmm. Um, the, um, so once your family gets put in that category, then basically it's a it, you then know. you're kind of cut so off. it's written yeah. in the contract there's yeah. just a bunch yeah. of uh, uh litigiousness involved um but there's a private investigator in the documentary um who was outright claiming that it was illegal and this was a woman who came into it neutrally she was actually hired by teal swan's mm. group of people to get a third party source to say hey this isn't a cult we have other people looking into this. And this lady, it totally backfired on her. And this lady said, this is creepy as hell. Uh, and she was really non-biased coming into it. And and the sa exact same thing happened with the documentarian filmmakers. Uh, they wanted to bring them in huh. to say, hey, this is not a cult. You guys take all the footage you want. And it backfired severely because there's no way to spin this as anything other than a cult. And Teal Swan was putting out uh, rebuttals after every episode was coming out. And... Um, I don't know if she's put out a rebuttal since, um, I think she, the last I heard, she's basically, she, she's scrapped trying to take it piece by piece and like uh, arguing like, oh, well, they took this out of context. They took this. And now she's just saying it's all fucked. Uh, you guys need to, uh, release all of the raw footage because you took it out of context and it doesn't even matter how far out of context they took it. That's I, how bad it is. I just had a pretty interesting thought. Um, so 
you know, in America, we're pretty much taught this like dog eat dog survival of the fittest, as Ray Kroc of McDonald's fame would call it, mm -hmm. you know, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's this very individualistic lifestyle. So what really, like, are cults only drawn to our attention because we are pushed towards this ideal of individuality in Western culture? Um, yeah, I think in some sense, the fact that we're so right, individualistic like, right. causes so such like, a big it's backlash. Like, it's like, yeah, you against the world right. as opposed to us for a common cause. Right. So, like, would the Wu-Tang Clan be a, be a cult? See, that's the – yeah, right? That's the interesting part is – um there's a there's a rapper I like, Ill Bill, who's like our, our, Wu Tang affiliate. Our, he likes to call himself the cult leader. Is the prison for book is like the books for prisons program a cult? Is like the Mana Food Bank a cult? You know, when people come together for a common cause. <laughs> yeah, well, you see what I'm saying? Like that's the weird thing about the era of that we live in now is in the past, cult wasn't a a term as it was today. I mean, it was a word, but it wasn't used. Right. And it didn't have the uh, illustrious context. And um, nowadays, cults have to operate like as meta cults. They all have to be constantly making the joke of like, oh, people think we're a cult. When's the last, last time you went to church on a Sunday? Long time. Okay, well, I went to a uh, Christian funeral yesterday. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see some cult-like behavior... Go then go 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 to one of those places. Yeah, <laughs> just go, well, go to one of those places. nothing makes go me find you at church and just go hang out. Uh, no offense to anybody, because uh, Justin and I both. You oh know, no, no, I'm yeah. just saying, like uh, the word cult is is thrown around, and you know, um, like you know, what what isn't a fucking cult? Like really, if if you think about it. Well, that's what I mean. Like in the long run, as long as you have communication with your family, you have autonomy. You have personal autonomy um, to live the life you want within uh, whatever well, rules well, you I agree think, to. I think at that point it stops being a cult and it starts being like a human trafficking organization. What? When you don't have autonomy? When you don't have any autonomy and you don't have contact with any, like when, when they take your freedom like that, you've uh, effectively been kidnapped. And then, then it's like almost falls in, under the umbrella of human trafficking. Yeah, in a way. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Thousands of people are having paranormal experiences with ghosts, demons, shadow people, dogmen, Bigfoot, and more. Their stories need to be told, and they are being told. Dark Waters, the renowned storyteller, invites you to join at IamDarkWaters.com. 
For just a few dollars a month, you can listen to some of the most hair-raising and compelling stories on the planet. You'll have access to real-life stories told by Dark Waters, thousands of hours of content. Their encounters are being told and told by the best at IamDarkWaters.com. Listen to stories like The Rabbit Man, The Dogman Encounter in Silas, Alabama, The Man with No Face, The Other Woman, A Day Ahead of the Devil, Dogman Murder in Hurricane Ida, even a story of someone trying to kill a dogman. Louisiana Water Demon Stories. Sign up today and become a member at IamDarkWaters.com. That's IamDarkWaters.com. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard, and they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. The Natural Born Alchemist podcast is a podcast that covers topics like alchemy, shamanism, psychedelics, anarchism, and philosophy. Join Alex, that's me, and a multitude of guests on a quest to discover the nature of reality, of spirit, and of consciousness. Each episode will also introduce you to new music that you might never have heard before. You can find the podcast on most platforms. Simply search for Natural Born Alchemist or go directly to naturalbornalchemist.com. There you'll be able to find all the social media links as well. Freedom is in the mind. Yeah, um, most certainly. Yeah, so that... Agreed. Yeah, it's just... There's a lot of um, so we loose, just we just defined cult. Basically, yeah, is well, when you have all that autonomy taken away and you're being uh, your trauma is being exploited for manipulation. Not even exploited, but implanted. Yeah, both. Yeah, which is even worse. Like she's a really good inceptor. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. That's and nuts. and so she's also doing things like. Um, you know, advocating that people commit suicide in many cases, um, and that's one—that's her favorite insult too. Whenever someone is voicing concern, like I don't know, you know, if um, this like you're coming across aggressive or something, she's like, you know what, you should just go ahead and kill yourself because <laughs> Jesus, she, your life is worthless. She sounds like some ex-girlfriends I've had. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right? Um, <laughs> Uh, but and then she's also uh, does this ceremony where it's like a baptism thing, but she's just like water torturing people through baptism. She just holds them underwater until they're about to die, brings them up for a gasp, puts them back down, and then um, it shows this bit in the documentary where this this girl, probably like only twenty years old or something, maybe older, um, um, is voicing resistance. And she's like about ready to leave. It's one of the creepiest things. And then, you know, I'm sure it wasn't directly after, and it probably wasn't even related to this woman's resistance, but it was still really creepy. Um, where the ne- the pretty soon after, like the next big thing that happens is they do this dunking ceremony, and this woman who showed so much resistance is 
gasping for air, like traumatized, exhausted, and she sees Teal Swan while she, while this woman's on the ground looking up. And she's like, oh, Teal, I love you. And Teal's like, I love you too. And leans down and like presses her forehead against hers. And it's like, wow. That's a very moving moment. She is just brainwashed in action. Yeah, she's the got, only thing we she's have, got it down. The only thing we have close to this is we actually have a lot of audio recordings that anyone can listen to from Jonestown. They took audio recordings like as surveillance. And we also have the like outro videos uh, from a lot of the Heaven's Gate members like oh. a week or two before they died. Oh. Yeah, so those are dark and gritty and very weird. Um, but this is something else. We've never had a documentary like this as a people. Um, and the, the insight is so dark and like just disturbing, but it is very useful to know because I, I think Teal Swan believes her own bullshit. I, I think she does. Yeah. Um, and so, like I asked you before, what do you think's worse? Someone that is doing it just as a show or someone that actually believes their own bullshit? Definitely uh, someone that believes their own bullshit now that I'm warmed up. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, um, I can at least appreciate. Now, when you start abusing people, even if you believe your own bullshit, that's the issue. But, um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously with human rights become a thing like when that becomes the issue like uh yeah you can't abuse people right like, i mean but like, like that shouldn't even be up for fucking fucking debate like yeah that that of course that's the line but like david copperfield like he holds the line i mean maybe he admits some part of it i'm not a freaking expert on this guy but uh, like the basic gimmick is that he, he toes the line that it's all real you know it's like or like try to prove that it's not you know, and like he's not saying he has mystical powers, but he doesn't like most magicians. They don't admit to that there's any trickery. You know, it's part of the pageantry. Yeah, why, so why, like, why would you? Exactly, You're a fucking magician. And, and I res- and I appreciate that. Yeah, that's part of a craft. But um, and Dude, you know what? Some low level Sam Raimi's not coming in showing me shot for shot how he made Evil Dead. I mean, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and you know what? I almost respect a little bit um, the. The like effort it takes, if nothing else, to, you know, like a pastor at a church, um, they can be really great and really genuine, even noble people, or they can be weird. They could just basically be running their own Christian cult out of that church. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think that's any uh, religion. And that's why right. um, in, in Buddhism, you know, there's what we refer to as the three fires or the three poisons. I like the three fires just because it works better. Um, and it's, these are the fires of greed, hatred, and delusion. So if you're wearing the goggles of greed, hatred, and delusion, that is the way that you see the world. And that is the way that you will interact in the world. You will interact in the world with greed and hatred and, you know, delusion or confusion, fear, right? So that being said, the, the opposite of those things are generosity and compassion. Yeah, and loving kindness. Yeah, and that's not something... And wisdom. You know, so... From a Buddhist context, like, the way you should interact with the world is with the extinguishment of those flames, right? So, And the extinguishment of those flames is is what, in the, the Buddhist world, we refer to as Nibbana, or awakening, right? And that's when you have extinguished the flames of greed, hatred, and delusion, and 
you uh, calm the reactivity and you know, I could go on and on, but you get what I'm saying. So yeah, like, I but like if you're it. operating, if you're operating and, and you're, you know, you're out to fuck people over. Yeah. You're going to manipulate the shit out of people because you're posturing yourself in a position to do so. But if you actually want to help people and you have compassion for people and you're like, and that's why I, I, I love Buddhism. It's like, Hey, people suffer. Let's go help them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I love Buddhism too. Uh, Buddhism and Taoism are, uh, simultaneously were some of my biggest inspirations. Um, always have been, but they were like some of the first flames in the fire. And, um, um, we talked about this a little bit before, um, the, the fact that like Buddhism kind of has that decentralized sort of viewpoint and it's, it kind of lends to that punk rock and metal aesthetic a little bit as well. Uh, more so than Christianity, which is, or like even all the Abrahamic religions, uh, among others that are designed to feed into a hierarchy and power structure. Um, right. Well, yeah. Where, whereas like, uh, any kind of messianic or, yeah, religions like that, you know, Christianity and such, seek to um, build the structure of power. Um, Buddhism just is it like deconstructs everything. It's like breaking the conditioning and the and uh, you know the constructs of uh, what society is. It's a, it's saying like, hey, I don't want to participate in in all the bullshit, right? right. And you know, that, what's more punk rock than that? Yeah, you know, yeah. And Teal Swan is not punk rock at all. It's very creepy. Um, yeah, the name's creepy. I mean, I know, right? I get, I get fucking weird chills just saying the name. So, I don't, and I don't some, even think I've said it yet. The problems, um, beyond what we've already discussed, are she uses uh, terms that she she piggybacked off of people like Jung. Right. You know, she took terms like the shadow and yeah. shadow work, and and um, didn't actually really do any research into psychology. She just took those terms. And amalgamated them with the trendiest new age topics. And, um, yeah, she's a fucking new age huckster. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But she takes things like shadow work and which is freaking important, no matter what you call it. And, um, uh, turns it into an excuse to continue to traumatize people over and over. And yeah, I, it's, it, it, how this all started was because people were, she got trendy on YouTube, you know, and, and then on things like Twitter and shit and, uh -huh. um, you know, posting 200 word bullshit or five minute bullshit, um, that gives people enough, uh, general statements to agree with, but not enough to, um, actually get them critically thinking. And that, and, and you know what, there's a place for that, I suppose. Um, so it's not so much that that's there. It's that people took this and ran with it. Everyone saw this, this, uh, basic cookie cutter model of spiritual mumbo jumbo. I was like, well, Teal Swan isn't that bad. You know, vision boards and stay positive and shadow work, uh, sometimes too. And, um, and then, and now all these people attending her lectures, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people globally, millions of people globally look like idiots because they had no idea. And if you think I'm exaggerating, this is the exact same thing, just in a different uh, a Petri dish that happened with Jim Jones. Because for a long time before he went off the deep end with his uh, ideas and his amphetamine use, um, he was a Christian minister. 
or a pastor. I don't know. It was one of those like church heads, um, yeah. whatever you call it. And, and, um, he was, he was, um, a human rights activist. You know, he was really favored by the minorities. Um, meaning only that he did that specifically. He integrated himself with the downtrodden. Um, and you know, on initially, he really seemed to want to uplift people and politicians actually took to him. He had the word and the, um, the, the, uh, what's the, the cosine of, uh, of numerous politicians in the Bay Area in California. And they even, um, they even celebrated his name. Um, up until the, the, the Jonestown massacre. So if you think that people can't be duped, uh, en masse by someone who seems great and turns out to be a completely, uh, like exact opposite psychopath, you're very wrong. Do you think they start out as psychopaths and like use the, the vacuum of the cult? to propel themselves into that position or do you think that they actually like start out with good intentions and then the power starts to like seep into their brains and they fucking just use you see what i'm saying yeah Yeah. it's um i I see it um i can't remember why i heard this it's kind of like a new agey tropey cliche um um but the, the that idea that there's like, there's two wolves inside of you and it depends which one you feed. I think more in terms of plants, but like and I see my 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 psyche having all sorts of different seeds in there, and it just depends on what you what you weed out and then what you put attention to and focus your uh, your your light and resources on. And um, so I think that there's weeds in there, you know, and maybe some of them start out stronger than others, and if you don't tend to the field and pick out the weeds then a lot of times weeds are going to just you know uh really outperform the proper plants so yeah yeah i think that's what happens i think they go in with a little bit of both and uh just the snowball effect occurs and these people lose their minds yeah I, i gave a really good dharma talk a few weeks ago about that it was actually called tending the garden of the mind yeah, yeah, I remember you showing me some of that. Yeah, yeah. And it, I completely agree. I could not agree more. It's a very, not only Buddhist principle, but very hermetic as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What, uh, what do you think? What do you think, Justin? About what? Just about cults in general at this point. I mean, what would you say to people? But, uh, <laughs> no, find yourself a community of uh, like minded friends and uh, support each other in your endeavors. That's what you really need to find. Yeah. Um, Build a community, not a cult. Yeah, because it builds, you know, everyone has these like the kernels in them and, you know, these desires for for belonging and things. And, well, you know, it, it rational, normal people get sucked into these things. Well, we are we're a social species. We wouldn't have survived as a species if it wasn't for our ability to interact with each other and and read each other's emotions because of mirror neurons. We wouldn't be able to to have empathy for each other and compassion for each other. So we had to bond, like bond together in order to survive because we don't have fucking fangs and claws and we don't run very fast and we're, we're pretty soft and, and, and mushy. And yeah, I mean, we had to bond together. That That's how we survived as a species. So of course people are going to gravitate towards shit like that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with gravitating towards community. I mean, but yeah, there's not. That's what I'm saying. But when it gets exactly. weird and creepy, like, yeah, probably stay away from that. 
Um, like we mentioned last time, Marshall Applewhite is probably, as far as I know, one of the least threatening in the like the the most known of cult leaders. Um, he never really he never abused anybody. He was uh, he. The only thing he, the crazy stuff he did was he definitely, um, isolated people from their families a little bit towards the end there, especially. And it got worse and worse towards the end. And then it culminated in castration and suicide, um, and a delayed time there. And, uh, but he wasn't. Someone call that the golden era. That's the golden era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, it's like when baseball had wood bats. <laughs> Just kidding. I still have wood bats. <laughs> um, but he wasn't um, like gaslighting and, you know, incepting and growing people's traumas and different things like that. He actually did create a community. So it was just very, very yeah, misguided. And then, and then he, they, he killed them. Right. <laughs> well, but they, I mean, but that's the weird thing is these people, it wasn't like uh, they, they, none of them had signed contracts. And I, I don't think that what happened here was a good thing. But and and they had a heavy suggestion from him. But look, they man. they actually did do it willingly. They all could have left. Look, man, if you have will- gotten people to willingly commit suicide, you have incepted them to the point of no return. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't disagree to the with point that. where you don't even need a motherfucking contract. Yeah, that's even better than Teal Swan. Yeah, I guess so. I'm certainly not advocating for. Marshall I'm not advocating Applewhite. for any of this shit. Um, Except for Buddhism, I'm advocating for that. <laughs> go, go find your local Buddhist temple or a meditation group and and go meditate. Go inside. Yeah, and um, Marshall Applewhite definitely looked creepy. But oh yeah, he was he was a funny little guy. But it's a it's a bit more of a far cry from Jonestown or Adolfo Constanzo, the uh, narco satanist who oh, was drug Adolfo running Constanzo. in yeah Mexico and sacrificing people yeah we should uh, have a séance and and call him into our presence and get him on the podcast yeah that sounds great yeah, yeah I'd love that. to do that sometime that yeah maybe you like can a, channel him that sounds like a good episode <laughs> uh, all right well I think we're about wrapped up for now Justin would you like to talk to the folks at home. Or wherever they are about uh, some of the shit you've been doing recently. Uh, I haven't been doing much. As little as possible. I uh, I started this meditation group thing here in town. I recommend anybody that has an interest in meditation uh, does the same thing. Uh, shout out to Wild Heart Meditation Center in Nashville. Those guys are awesome. Everybody should check out Wild Heart Meditation Center's podcast and listen to their Dharma talks and, and join the cult. And, uh, and you know, Dharma Junkie podcast. Um dharmajunkiepodcast.com uh, I, I wouldn't actually rely on that though because I don't update it very often because I am busy and and and, and kind of lazy lately and it's pretty awesome I'm enjoying that um, other than that um, if you're ever in Pensacola Gulf Coast Dharma uh, meets every Monday at 7pm uh, empathic practice in Pensacola you can also uh, check out uh, gulfcoastdharma.org and there's going to be some stuff up there soon. I'm still in the process of building the website for that though. So, but yeah, just, uh, man, just trying to spread the Dharma. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Lovely. Well, we're going to have you on again real soon. This was, if anything, just a warm up. So, um, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Uh, go check out Dharma Junkie podcast and, um, uh, don't forget to tune in next week. 
I'll be right back at it. Um, we're back on the the weekly swing of things. Um, got a lot more crazy shit coming your way. So be prepared. And I'm not sure what song I'm going to pick yet, but I got something coming on the back end here. It's definitely going to be some boom bap, so I hope you dig it. And if you don't, then just have fun with your... Yeah, have fun with your happy music. I want some bite. Um, This is Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm Anthony Tyler with Justin Otto. You kids, take it easy out there. Stay out of trouble now. Peace. Peace and love. American Indian shamans, Chief Geronimo Brat, shapeshifter, morph into a black cat, cross your path, in a Vogar's wrath, descendant of Imhotep Ptolemy, stole my craft, my wizard, my beauty, no bitter leaves my duty, I wrote this with the Trinitar, who need truly, enlightened, floating on a thousand petal lotus, no it's my aureola, her lost soldier, standing on my square arms folded, with a calm focus, a master lies of biblical scribes, challenge Islamic clerics, receive the merit of bravery for rising above slavery. Don Shabaka Stone is the light, the return of the rose, but shit ain't all roses, fill my thoughts. You've been warned.